Hello, Screeters. Man, it's been a while again for whatever reason, guys. This winter, I have just not been motivated to talk to anyone, really, let alone do a podcast with me, a single talking head. But it is what it is, I guess. I, uh, I'm i curious if any of my screeters out there have specific New Year's resolutions. I've mentioned in the past, I really don't do resolutions because I feel like we can make a change anytime. Uh, there, as I get older, I find, you know, there are thoughts like, oh, I've been unable to change this. Maybe I can use the impetus for a new year to help me change it. And if that's the case, then hells yes, people. Use whatever impetus you can to be the person that you hope or dream to be. That's my thought anyway. But I don't know. What I do know today is like a Friday, but it's Tuesday, December 31st, 2019. I am Jason Hobbs, and this is Random Screed. Hey Jason, the other Jason here. Just want to say thank you for talking about City of Brass. I was supposed to play in that game. I had rolled up a Druid. Um, unfortunately, my schedule's gotten wonky since then. I haven't been able to attend a session. So, uh, it kind of sucks because I'd really love to play in a high-level D&D game. So, it is, as far as how do we handle the social stuff, I think you need, I don't know. If somebody doesn't want to listen to the interview, then obviously nobody's making them listen to the interview. I'm not putting headphones on somebody's head and making them listen. But I think there's value to hearing the opinions of people you don't agree with. And I think you should, if only because it helps you have a... I'm not saying you have to then agree with those people, but I think to just never hear what they're saying, like you say, is self-defeating. So I don't know. But I listen to, you know, interviews and read things from both sides of the political spectrum. I, I definitely have my views, but I'm, I actively go to look and search out and hear views that are different than mine to expand my perceptions. And there are times I'll find I agree with some of those people. And I'm not saying somebody's going to listen to a Nazi or a rapist and they're going to agree with them, but... I think to just say, oh, that person was associated with that person, so I'm not going to ever listen to anything they say, and I'm not going to support anybody that talks to them. I think that's self-defeating. Obviously, people are able to do whatever they want, and they can do whatever they want, but the echo chamber thing, I think, is super dangerous and causes more problems than it helps. So just my two cents. Look forward to hearing about more games. Hi, Jason. It's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. You brought up an interesting question in a previous episode about whether or not you should air an interview with someone who supports Zach when um, it's a really difficult thing to decipher. And you got me thinking because 
interestingly enough, I think of that differently than I think of the Macris interview, because Macris was directly involved in the person taking the actions. And the person that you're talking about is just a supporter who's basing their their thoughts on on what they can interpret of the situation. I guess in some weird way, I hold people responsible for their own actions and thoughts much more than I do for their reactions to other things. And that might be because I know that it's easy to see things on the internet and not know what to believe. I'm a big fan of working through my own thought processes and knowing why I hold the beliefs I do or why I think what I do about things. And, you know, this has been an opportunity for me to do that. And I appreciate that. And... I know there are differing views. I know that it can seem like what I'm saying when I say that I personally have an issue with um, the Macris interview can seem like I just want to shut that guy up. And I absolutely don't mean it that way. It's interesting. You bringing up the supporter of Zach as opposed to Zach himself really made me think about where exactly I stand on all of that. And I just appreciate that opportunity. Um, And, you know, Jason called in and left a message and I thought, okay, well, I I guess to some people I probably am a knothead. I don't know. And I don't even know that he was talking about me specifically. But anyway, thank you. So there were Jason and Liren weighing in on um, my thoughts and questions from last episode concerning who and should and shouldn't be allowed to be on an interview podcast about games. I still don't know where I stand. I still haven't released the episode. I'm sitting on it. Um, I haven't released any episodes because of my lethargy to do so. I'm not sure if I mentioned this previously, but for the first time ever, I've really considered uh, hanging up my hat in podcasting. Just, it doesn't feel like you can really, you can talk about whatever you want, but then apparently you are held accountable for having these people on their podcast it doesn't matter if you support them or not you are still held accountable for your decision to air the episode that you worked so hard to create I can obviously see some aspect of that but I don't really think it's the way we should move forward I think it's bad for us. Either way, I really appreciate Liren and Jason both weighing in on the topic. Uh, Jason mentioned City of Brass a little bit there, and I think I have another caller coming up that uh, had a lot more to say concerning the City of Brass. Well, it was the GM. It's Aaron, so he can talk about what a bad player I am. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for calling in, guys. Let's move on to Aaron's call. Hey, Jason, Aaron Clark. Thanks for the recap of your thoughts on the whole City of Brass thing. I'm having a blast playing that. And, uh, you know, AD&D is where my heart's at. That's what I fell in love with when I was a kid. And, you know, that's what still gets me fired up. Um, Though there are a lot of other great games out there. I'm really happy that I get a chance to return the favor and run a game for you or or have you play in a game that I'm running. And, uh, yeah, good times. So can't wait till uh, the next session. I guess that's all I've got to say. 
All right, man, Merry Christmas. Hope things are going smoothly there in Illinois. As promised, Aaron Clark from Keep It Simple. Daily readings, my brother in sobriety and the GM of the City of Brass game that I talked uh, excessively about last episode. I didn't get to play in it last week, and unfortunately it looks like I'm supposed to be scheduled to work on Saturdays this month, but we shall see. We'll see. Um, I talked about that game a lot, and I don't have a ton to add. Um, But anyway, I appreciate the sentiment, and thanks for calling in, Aaron. Let's, uh, Let's talk about sentiments for a little while. Hey, Jason, another Jason here. I don't know what your guys' traditions are around this time of year. I don't want to assume anything. I don't want to unassume anything. But I hope the best for you, your wife, and for everybody. And I hope you get to spend some time together and and get to do some stuff that you like to do. So just thinking about you and wishing you the best. Take care. Hey, Hobbs. It's Evil Jeff from Minions and Musings. Calling to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for your podcast. Keep up the good work. Don't let it get you down. Just let us hear your thoughts. We appreciate all that you have to say. Well, it's obviously past Christmas, as this is New Year's Eve. And my tenacity to do a lot of random screeds has waned and wavered. Uh, But like I mentioned early in this episode, during the intro, it'd be nice if that would be something I'd work on a little more in 2020. Either way, I wanted to say thank you to uh, the other Jason and Evil Jeff for these nice uh, words and sentiments about the holiday. Jason sent his message on the 23rd, and uh, December 23rd has always had a special place for me because that's when we always went to my grandmother's house, always on the 23rd, and got together with all my cousins and uncles and aunts. And it all worked for a while because it's only a two-room house with two bedrooms, no running water. And right now I feel like I already talked about this. I don't know if it's deja vu or what. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's what we did on the 23rd. So maybe I planned on talking about it, but I don't think I ever did. You guys let me know. Hey, dumbass, you already talked about this. We don't want to hear the same sad story about your grandma's house with no running water and how awesome it was while you were growing up to pee off the porch. Anyway, 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 uh, I hope you all had a decent time for your first part of this holiday season and uh, you have a better New Year's Eve and day and 2020. I was just talking to my family. I don't remember where we were going. Maybe it was to Christmas. I don't know. Anyway, I said, I plan to see more clearly in the new year. And they were like, what are you talking about? And then I dropped one of the worst dad joke lines ever. Because it's 2020 and our vision will be 2020. So now we can see clearly in 2020. I know it's bad. I can't apologize for it. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) 
Thanks again for calling in, you guys. I really appreciate uh, the Christmas sentiments. And I think the rest of you that didn't call in and wish me those things should feel bad about it. Even though I didn't call anyone and wish them anything. I'm bad. I'm like the worst uh, prodigal. Uh, Prodigal's not right. I'm the worst person ever who could be considered the father or grandfather of anything uh, because I'm so inconsistent. Oh, boy. Anyway, on to the fun stuff. These are the days of high adventure. So, high adventure. Screeters, I have been playing the Dungeons of Tharl, which is a GURPS game. I get the idea it's Dungeon Fantasy GURPS, but even lighter than that. Character generation was uh, a lot of random tables. I think you get a few points to play. So GURPS is generic universal role-playing system. It came out, I don't know, early 80s, probably around the same time as Champions. Uh, It seems more skill-based than power-based like Champions is, but the similarities are quite a bit. It's 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 3D6 roll under, which is exactly what uh, Champions is. So, yeah, I mean, I was I've played Champions for years, or Hero System is really what I was playing, I guess. But and uh, GURPS feels sort of like that with all the bells and whistle bits and bobs that you can uh, append to it and uh, make it feel as simulationist or gamist or narrative as you want. Uh, Che Webster from Roleplay Rescue runs the game. Uh, He uses Fantasy Grounds and TeamSpeak, which, guys, (laughs) I don't know if this is console gamer versus PC gamer, but who wants to have to download and update applications every time they're trying to play a game? To me, this is the beauty of Roll20. It's web-based. You log in and you play. No new things to download. Yes, the video and audio on Roll20 suck. But they don't have video and audio on any of the other tabletop, virtual tabletops either. So... Uh, TeamSpeak was just something new for me to learn. Uh, and it ne- wasn't necessarily any more stable than anything else. We still had people dropping out. We still had weird hiccups. It's a learning curve. Every time you have more things that you have to learn, the longer it takes. Uh, all that said, once you get it down, it's cool. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Fantasy Grounds. I feel, especially with what Che is doing, uh, you could do it in almost anything. It's it's a cool little... To me, it's kind of kludgy, but so is Roll20. So uh, this is a comparison between those two, even though this last little bit has been about that. This is really about the Dungeons of Tharl, which has a very interesting premise. So like I said, Che runs the game, and uh, where all the characters are basically slaves that are sent into the Dungeons of Tharl they're given a, a pick of a few things, like what kind of armor do you want to wear? What kind of weapons do you want to take? 
Uh, you roll all your skills and uh, attributes, tweaks, all those things randomly. Uh, so the different characters will have different uh, values of point by, so they're not all exactly the same point-wise because there's a random element to the character generation. Uh, my first game was with Frank T. Uh, Tim Shorts was supposed to play in it, but uh, Time Zones got the best of them, which, hey, I feel like Time Zones get the best of all of us, or maybe it's just me, and it happens all the time. Uh, so Tim Shorts got in on the second game along with uh, Andrew Sutton, Shandy Andy, and um, a couple other guys that uh, Che seems to know. One of them seems to be part of the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or SXG or something, League of Extraordinary Gamers, is that what it is? I don't know. It's another website that Che uses for uh, calendaring and his events. And it's his their server that he uses for his audio. There is no video in the game for the players. There is, we do use Fantasy Grounds so you can see uh, the map. I feel like it's uh, pretty strongly simulationist, which really isn't a huge surprise since it's GURPS, right? And you can dial up those buttons and a lot of people seem to like to use them. I have uh, somewhat of an issue. It's the same issue I had with Champions at the time, or even, you know, D&D games a lot. Uh, the more you... The more realistic you make your Dungeons & Dragons fantasy game, the less <laughs> reason for players to go adventuring, right? Uh, I mean, you have to, I guess, in this situation, unless you want to keep on being a slave. But in all honesty, you know, when characters are doing the cool shit that people remember, to me, it's usually kind of some far-flung thing of swashbuckling or cinematic or whatever. Well, this game does not reward that. In fact, it punishes it brutally. Um, if, you, if you play an old Grognard style with everything is going to kill you and be very... Uh, thoughtful about your approach, which is a style of game, and I'm not saying that's a bad style of game. That's obviously what I grew up on and probably uh, what I'm the biggest proponent of. Uh, but sometimes it can get really sloggy because you are so cautious and you want something to happen in the session. Anyway, this is all leading up to a scene where we have found ourselves in a fairly narrow tube which is some, it seems like it's some sort of sewer, uh, but it's not sewer water. I didn't get the impression it didn't stink or anything like that. It's some sort of water runoff from somewhere, which is interesting because it's in a desert. So there are some mysteries going on in the game. It's not just kind of a mega dungeon crawl. There are, I mean, not that there can't be mysteries in mega dungeons, and honestly, that's what makes them more fun and less. Uh, slog ridden when there are cool things that you can do and think about and uh, explore other than just the map, right? So, anyway, in uh, this Dungeons of Thought, I say it like that because Che always says it that way. Uh, it was fun. We uh, jumped out of a sewer tube into a water filled tunnel and fought a giant crocodile. Unfortunately, one of the characters that willingly jumped in was not tall enough to even stay afloat, so 
he was stabbing with a spear while bobbing in the water. Uh, my character is tall, long, thin, and hideously ugly, and he was stabbing with his bastard sword. Uh, and it wasn't going well. Every attack... So, first of all, you have to be successful on your attack, and then the opponent gets the option, opportunity to dodge, block, or parry. Of course, the characters get to do it as well, and uh, it feels pretty righteous when you do dodge out of that nasty attack coming at you. But it also feels really swingy because even though you're using 3D6 and the bell curve is pretty solid and everyone knows what should be happening. Uh, this giant crocodile dodged arrow bolts, sword thrusts, and spear stabs. Just in, un, incredibly lucky. I don't know what he was saying it was. Uh, eight or less or something. Nine or less was a Oh, sorry about that. We got some crazy driver here. Uh, nine or less is low on the scale, right? So it's like a 36% chance or something. I don't know what the percentage is, but it was pretty rare, but he dodged a lot. So you finally got your attack in, which you were getting minuses because uh, you're in, you know, neck deep water or bobbing in the water and uh, then it dodges anyway. It was, it was brutal. Somehow, we all survived, killed it, got the treasure, and uh, that is a win. But I was so pissy about the way that it was going, which if there's anything I could change, it would be getting pissy in Dungeons & Dragons games or pissy about... Uh, poker when all the game is doing is what it does and there's no sense in getting pissy about it I mean you signed up to play the game play the game and do it with some cool and class and not be a doucher so yeah I was being a doucher and I hate that because I have done it in the past not usually in online games or as an adult but I remember growing up and playing and just really being annoyed because it feels like you're failing even though you're mostly doing everything right. Is it right to jump into five feet of water and fight a giant crocodile? No. Is this why we play the game so we can do those things? Maybe. I don't know. So I guess in retrospect, the thing to consider is, you know, recognize and realize what you're playing and then don't grouse about the game doing what the game does. So I got a couple sessions in of uh, Dungeons of Thoral with my character Luke, and uh, it was cool. I like playing with the guys who are in the game. They seem like old school uh, faciandos, and uh, it definitely felt like an old school game. No role playing, no any of that. More of just like an adventure game. Uh, going here, getting as much treasure as you can, getting out and proving your character with that treasure. Because that's an interesting bit, because like champions, GURPS, you get experience after every session, and then the experience is character points, which you can then immediately build right back into your character. Let it be known that almost all of the characters in that game now have swimming. Um, yeah. Which is interesting, you know, for instant gratification or that feeling of your character getting better or more competent. 
it's right there and uh, the way uh, Che dialed in the characters made them feel you know okay um, they are new guys and obviously they all should die right away but it's an interesting concept and a fun game and uh, an experiment and experience that I'm glad uh, that I was involved with if you get the opportunity go listen to Roleplay Rescue with uh, Che Webster and his GM talks and you'll get to hear probably about how much I've been complaining about the game but I still show up to play <laughs> alright guys I'm wrapping this up stay alive thanks for taking this trip through Mr. Hobbs's gamerhood won't you be my gamer <laughs>